following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How's everybody feeling today? You feeling good? You just feeling okay, huh? Just kind of good, a little bit good. Hey, let me ask you a question. I don't want any liars, okay? So you tell the truth. We're in church. How many of you woke up this morning and you heard the beautiful sound of rain and you had the thought, oh man, I'd sure like to sleep in this morning. How many of you had that thought? Don't lie, raise your hand. Man, it's so nice to have a bunch of truth tellers in church. I had the same thought and then I remembered I was preaching and it probably wouldn't be a good idea if I slept in today. Um, So here we are at church on a rainy Sunday. Hey, it's such an honor. Listen, I, there's no, I would have set 47 alarms to be here in church today, knowing that I get to bring the word on a rainy Sunday. This is the highlight of my week. Anytime I get to preach to such an incredible group of people, that's all of you. Yeah. And uh, it is really an honor. I've got a friend in the house today that I just want to give a quick shout out to. Gentry Hudson is in the house, sitting right over here. He's in town all the way from Fishers, Indiana. His dad, ladies and gentlemen, his dad taught me when I was in college and played such a huge role in my life, was my favorite instructor. So it's an honor to have you, man. Thanks for coming and being with us in Austin today uh, on this rainy, rainy Sunday, and last Wednesday night, Pastor opened up a series, launched a series called The Domino Effect. How many of you are grateful for our pastor, Pastor Johnson? Are you grateful for our pastor? Hey, he would never tell you this, and I didn't tell the first and second service, but I'm going to tell y'all, because I think that y'all are his favorite shh. So I'm going to tell y'all. Wednesday night, if you were here, he brought such a dynamic word to launch that series. But here's what you don't know. He was sick as a dog. I'm telling you, he couldn't, literally, it was, if you, if you know our pastor, he doesn't get sick very rarely, but he was, it blew my mind to see just the way that he persevered through that. Thank you for the example that you are to all of us. Uh, I know you don't want that. I know... I'll probably get in trouble for saying that, but thank you uh, for being the man of God that you are and bringing such an incredible word. And today, I have the opportunity to launch a brand new series, and we don't have a cool, fancy name for it. I think it is a cool name, but it's not fancy. We're starting a series called Joy. Joy. Now, let me just, we're talking about joy, so I'm going to tell a bunch of jokes today. And I don't need y'all sitting there like, no, that was stupid. No, no. I'm going to need y'all belly laugh. I don't, you can stand up. You can just hit your knee. We're talking about this would be the day that my jokes need to be validated, okay? We're speaking about joy. I should leave here just, y'all just tickled to death at how funny my jokes are. So we're going to get there. Don't y'all forget. Don't sit on me today. That's what y'all are going to do. Every, y'all be, no, we're not going to laugh. Joy. And so we're looking at really one of the most beautiful books in your New Testament, the book of Philippians. And I want to set the stage for you as we dive into the Word of God today. But it's a book that was written by the Apostle Paul 
to a church that he would have planted. In fact, it was the first church that he planted in Europe. And so he had this, this special love and affection for this church. And so, believe it or not, he actually spent some time in a Philippian prison in, as well. And so he's, he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi just to, to help them mature a little bit in their faith. And the major theme throughout this this chat or this um, this book, these four chapters, is really one that that you and I need to grab a hold of with everything that we have. We need to learn. We need to to figure it out. Figure out how to have this, and it's how to have joy. Because in the day and age that you and I live in, we should be rocking joy every moment of every day. You should be walking into your job with the joy of the Lord in your heart. You should be walking into your homes with joy. You should be walking into your schools possessing joy. As Christians, we need joy in our lives. I read a story. Here we go. I read a story about an African king who had a very good friend. They were friends since childhood, and they did everything together, and they were out hunting, and the friend of the king had loaded the king's gun for him, and when the king was getting ready to fire at the game that he was looking through his scope with, the, uh, the gun that the friend had loaded backfired and blew the king's thumb off. That's not the punchline. You don't have to laugh there. But this friend had a had just the best attitude. You know these kind of people that you could say anything to this guy, okay? Anything in the world, and here's what he would respond with. Are you ready? This is good. This is good. And so when the king's thumb was blown off, he looked at the king and said, "Oh, this is good." To which the king looked back at him and said, "Oh no." This is bad. This is not good. In fact, it's so bad that I don't have a thumb and I'm going to throw you in jail. His best friend for years, he puts in jail. And a year later, the same king was out hunting again. Hopefully, he loaded his own gun. And this is where the story takes a bizarre turn. Um, And I can't confirm whether this is a true story or not, but it's a good story. He gets captured by cannibals. Cannibals, yes. And so they tie him, they tie the king to the stake, and they're about to do whatever it is that cannibals do when they tie you to the stake. I haven't spent much time around cannibals, but I can imagine what's coming next. And so he's sitting there, and they realize, they're very superstitious cannibals, you you have to understand this, and they realize that he has no thumb. And they would not partake of something that was not whole. So they untie him and they let him go. And the king runs straight to the prison where he had his friend locked up and he begins to apologize to his friend. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for having you locked up. And he tells him the whole situation. And his friend responds with, oh, this is good. This is good. Still not the punchline, but thank you for laughing. This is 
good. And the king is frustrated. And he says, no, like, how can you say this is good? You've been in prison for a year because of me. And he said, oh, oh, king, see, had I not been in prison, I would have been hunting with you. And sir, I still have my thumb. (laughs) That was the punchline. Thank you. Yes. Joy. We're talking about how to have joy no matter what. On your best days, you can have joy. On your worst days, you can have joy. So let's get back to a more spiritual side of things. The book of Philippians, very short read, perhaps 15 minutes uh, just two, two pages, really, in most Bibles. But within these two pages, you'll notice that the word joy or rejoice is mentioned 16 times. So it, without question, it is a theme that, that Paul is trying to get across to us. In fact, he would say this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He, he's trying to, trying to help us to learn how to have joy. But But here's the irony of it all. Are you ready? He's writing about having joy from prison. Now, that's not a big deal to y'all. But just imagine, if you're in prison, what's the first letter you're writing it's to your attorney, I guess. I don't know. I've never been in prison. But I would imagine it's not going to be about joy. He's in a prison, and it's not what you would see on Locked Up or something. This prison is different, folks. Oh, y'all got that. See, at first it's like, they didn't get that. This was an underground jail where there's no lights. It's dark. It's nasty. It's wet. And also, this is the great part, it just gets better for him. He is chained to a jailer to provide maximum security, and they would change out the jailer every eight hours. So you just constantly, I mean, there's no privacy. I mean, it's not on the other side of the jail. There's a guard watching you. No, no, no. He's sitting right there hanging out with you. Every move you make, every time, you know. (laughs) There's a stinky jailer right there with you. And to top it off, He's got this idea in his mind that he's probably about to be put to death because of what he's been doing. He's awaiting his execution in the city of Rome. And watch what he says. This is how he starts. Are you ready? This is how he starts Philippians. I thank God. Now, now, it is beautiful. But let's be honest. If that's me... I'm going to be writing something, but it's probably not I thank God. Oh, I just thank God I'm just locked up right now, man. This is so awesome. I love being locked up in this stinky jail with no light attached to this jailer. I thank God for this. No, 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 no. You know what I'm writing? I'm writing, I'm screaming, I'm texting, I'm emailing. Mama! I need some help. Anybody? John Wayne, somebody, you got to help me. I'm in jail. Chuck Norris, come on. I need out of here. It ain't going to be, I'm just so grateful to be here today. Hey, how are you doing, jailer? Man, it's such an honor to see you today. I love you, sir. No, that's, y'all are more spiritual than me, so you probably would have that attitude. 
But, but I don't think that's what's going to come out of my mouth right off the bat. But I think this is the journey that many of us find ourselves on because it's human nature, isn't it? When we, when we get into circumstances and situations in life, it's human nature to complain, to frustrate, to get angry, to have a bad attitude, to complain, to just go through all the, the negative issues in life. But if you'll stick with us for the next four weeks, we're gonna do our best to teach you how to have joy even on your worst day. How to have joy even on your worst day. And I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I want to lift your soul. So let me lift your soul with this. You are going to have bad days. You're going to have bad days. Like every day is not going to be the best day of your life. They're inevitable. Uh, Pastor Brad, could you please be more positive? We're preaching about joy. Sure, I'm positive that you are going to have bad days. They're inevitable. And here's the problem with you and I is that most of us don't do so well on the not so good days. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. This is very important. One of the marks of a mature Christian is how you respond on your bad days. See, we talk about wanting to share our faith with people. And see, we, we talk about, I don't know how to share. My, I don't know how to open up. Listen, can I, here's a great way to share your faith. Are you ready? How do you respond when your boss walks in and tells you you're not doing a good enough job? Do you walk, do you storm out? How do you respond in front of the people around you on your worst days? One of the marks of a mature Christian is how you respond to your bad days. And he continues. He says, I, I thank God because I'm just sitting here in this jail cell. I'm just remembering what an incredible group of people you are. I just love you so much. I'm just sitting here rotting away, remembering you. Church at Philippi, sitting in a jail. And then he says this, in all my prayers for you, I'm just sitting here praying for you, but in all my prayers, I'm praying with joy. I'm praying. He's happy. Like, not just happy, but there's something that he, how can you pray with joy under the circumstances that he's with? And he says, give me a little room to write here. I, I, I'm writing this letter with joy because of your, your partnership in the gospel from the day I planted you until now. And this is powerful. He says, being confident of this. In other words, he says, listen, I know this one thing to be sure. You've got to hear me, church at Philippi, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it through Amen. to completion. Yeah. That's what he wrote. And he's saying, here's what he's telling them. He's saying, listen, everything that you've been dreaming about, all the things that you feel like God has placed in your heart, the plans and the purposes that, that you feel like he's given you, they are going to come to pass. He's going to finish what he started. That's the kind of God that he is, and that's what he's telling them. But here, here's the beauty of it. This is coming from a guy whose dreams weren't coming true. Right? He's, 
He's in jail. Paul's this big preacher man, but he's sitting in jail. Paul is destined to stand and preach to crowds of thousands upon thousands, but instead he's stuck in a dry cell next to a jailer chained to him writing a letter. His dreams aren't necessarily coming true. This is not the plan that he had for his life. And so how does he do this? How does he maintain this this attitude that what he started in us, he's going to finish? And I think as we read the book of Philippians, we learn quickly that Paul has something better than happiness. He has joy. (laughs) He doesn't just have happiness. Paul has joy And I want to tell you today, I don't know what situation you find yourself in, but you too can have something that supersedes happiness. You can have joy in the middle of your storm. You can have joy. And so for the next few moments, if you'll allow me, I want to to make a, a very striking, I want to bring them to your attention, really, the difference between happiness and joy, because I think we confuse them a lot of the times. And, and so here would be the first one. Happiness is external. Happiness is based upon uh, external things. Like if things on the outside are going great, well, then guess what? I'm doing great. Uh, happiness is based upon if you wake up and the clothes that you had laid out for you and probably your husband, two ladies, and all of your children as well, you had to change their outfit early this morning because it's raining outside, which caused you to be late to church, which caused you to stomp into church frustrated and mad. That's happiness because it's based on your surroundings and your circumstance. But joy, joy is internal. Happiness is external, joy is internal, meaning that it's not based on the conditions of the circumstances that you find yourself in, which is the reason why you can have joy even on your worst day. Because it's not based on the situations that you've gotten yourself into. And by the way, Paul has more authority to tell us this than anybody in history. Anybody you'll ever read about. In fact, you could look at me and say, Pastor Brad, you know, that's great that you're up there preaching about that. That's fine and dandy. But you probably haven't gone through some of the stuff that I've gone through, which I would probably say you might be right. But you can't say that to my friend Paul. Watch this, 2 Corinthians. Just list off a couple of the battles that Paul faced. Five times Paul received 39 lashes. Sound good? No. 39 lashes. The Bible says that he was beaten with rods. They would have been flexible rods, and they would have beat you on the back of your hamstrings and your calves as a way to torture you. Then it goes on. It gets better. He says that that I was shipwrecked. All of a sudden, I'm at sea. I'm floating around, and bam, the, the ship's going under. I spent a night and a day floating around in the open sea. So for 36, 48 hours, just bobbing around the Mediterranean like a cork, wondering if if I'm going to get rescued, wondering if this is going to be the end of it. And I wind up on shore and I do what any person would do that's trying to survive. You build a fire because that's what Bear Grylls tells you to do. And you build a fire. 
and a snake pops up and bites his hand. It ain't going well. But then he goes on to say that he was stoned. And some of y'all need to get your minds out of the gutter. We're not talking about recreationally. We're talking about with rocks. He had to deal with rocks being thrown at him. Big, heavy rocks at his head. Imagine this. And after all of this, he says this. And therefore... We do not lose heart, (laughs) though outwardly I am wasting away. What he's saying is the external is bad, the weather's bad, my marriage is bad, my kids are bad, my job is bad, everything's bad. But guess what? Outwardly everything's awful, but inwardly I've got a different dynamic going on on the inside of me than what's happening around me. And that's my hope for you throughout this series, that that you can have a different inward dynamic than the outward dynamic that's going on around you. Because listen, if the dynamics are the same, you're not going to be very joyful very long. You're going to have a little bit of happiness here and there, but you're not going to be a joyful person. But then he says, but inwardly, I am being renewed day by day. And then this next part blows my mind. This is what he says about all that. He says, for my light in momentary troubles. What? Like that's the worst thing that you can imagine people going through what he just lists. I have for my light in momentary troubles. No, these were hard and they were long lasting. He says, my light in momentary troubles are achieving for me an external glory that outweighs all of this. He's saying, I found something better. So I'm fixing my eyes on the unseen, on the internal, instead of the things that are around me so that I can have the joy that I need. Because what's seen is temporary and what's unseen is eternal. And there's a big difference. The second thing, the second difference that I want to draw your attention to this morning is this, is that happiness is based on circumstance. The word happiness, the, the first part hap there is Latin for circumstance or luck. So in other words, you're, you're totally at the mercy of what happens to you or what happens around you. In fact, the definition of circumstance is literally the circle that you're standing in. It's the place, let me say it this way, it's the place that you've decided to dwell. Have you ever noticed that there can be people, two people going through the very same situation but they respond totally different. Are you ready? Let me tell you why. Because some people choose to stand in that circle of their circumstance and some people decide, you know what? I can do all things through Christ. He can give me the strength and the joy that I need to overcome. Some people choose to dwell in their circumstance and some people choose to move out of their circumstances. Have you ever asked anybody, hey, how's it going? To which they respond, it's going pretty good under the circumstances. 
And I want to respond. If I, were, if I could just say what came to my mind all the time, man, I would not be preaching. <laughs> the Lord's still working on me. But here's what I would tell them. Here's what I want to say sometimes. What are you doing under your circumstance? Why are you under your circumstance? If you've got Jesus in your life, he will give you everything that you need to rise above your circumstance. You're letting your circle determine your stance and determine where you have to stay. Joy, and I won't spend a lot of time on this because I think it's self-explanatory. Joy is based on Jesus. (laughs) Come on, if you want true joy, listen, I can't help you. I'll be really honest. If you can't, your foundation for joy isn't Jesus. He will give you, listen, you can search this world. You can look for joy in every different avenue in life. But the joy that you're looking for comes from one place. And that's Jesus Christ. And listen, throughout this series, we're going to give you that have not entered into that relationship with Jesus. We're going to give you opportunities to take those steps of faith, to know the one who can change everything about your life. And so joy, without a shadow of a doubt, is based Upon Jesus. The third difference that I want you to understand today is this, and this one is this one is difficult. It really is, and I, I want you to grab a hold of it today. Happiness happens by chance. Happens by chance, right? And, and, and here's the bad part about this: is that it's not up to you. <laughs> it's up to the circumstances around you. If life goes good, then you're happy. That's why some of you come home from work and you're miserable. It's not because you don't like your kids. It's because you're happy instead of joyful. Because you had a bad day at work and now that spiraled into a bad day at home. Joyful instead of happy. Come on, that's where we're trying to get. Joy, on the other hand, happens by choice. Joy happens by choice. And you've got to be extremely careful of letting the things that you can't control control you. Because that's where many of us are today. You can't let the things that you can't control have a hold on your life. If you can't control it, pray about it, give it to God and move on. Or you'll lay awake at night, won't be able to sleep. You'll be taking all kinds of sleeping pills because you're worried about everything that you can't control. Don't let the things that you can't control control you. And that's the reason that we're preaching about joy because I think many of us find ourselves in this situation The things outside of our control have kind of taken a grip of our life and it's caused us to just have happiness when God wants us to have real joy and and you're at the mercy of things that you can't control. And I'm just telling you that there is another way. If all you are is happy, I'm telling you that there is a joy that comes from the Lord that is the greatest and the best thing that you can have in your life. So there's three things now that that Paul would dive into through this book 
that I think that he would kind of give us the secrets to this living a life full of joy, especially in the middle of the craziness that he was in. And if you're, if you're wanting to write them down, these would be three great things to take away. This would be the first thing that he would tell us. He said, listen, Christian Life Church, I know, I know it's crazy. I know things are going wild around you. But if you want to have the joy that I'm trying to teach, here's what you need to do. You need to stop asking why. Stop asking why. And it's, it's easy, isn't it? To Why, God? Like, why me? Why my family? Why this situation? And here's what I want you to understand this morning is that you can endlessly stay and die in your whys if you're not careful. It makes me think of a truck, a two-wheel drive truck, by the way, that's stuck in mud, and its back wheels are just spinning. You're, You're trying and trying and trying, but you're not getting anywhere. Because if you're stuck in your whys, listen, the answers you're looking for are rarely found in the wise of life. Truth be known, the answer to why, and you're not going to like this, I don't like it truthfully, but I didn't come up with it. It's because we live on earth. And we were never promised that this planet would be perfect. And it's a big myth about God that I think a lot of Christians buy into the notion that he has promised us a perfect life and living with him that we wouldn't go through difficult moments and situations in life. He never does that. I'm sorry. I, I want to lift your faith, but, but he doesn't promise us a perfect life. You know what he does promise you? Watch this in John 16. This is refrigerator material. I want you to write this down and slap it right on the front of your refrigerator. Here's how you have peace. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Stick that on your fridge. That's just so uplifting. I just wanted to be encouraging to you this morning. No, we don't write that. We don't put that on our refrigerator. But watch what he wraps up with. He says, but you can take heart because I have overcome the world. Come on, he's overcome the world. Take heart. God never promised that we would not have trouble. He promised that in trouble, that he would allow you to rise above your trouble. That he would help you elevate above your situations. And this is exactly, this is exactly what Paul knew. He knew that in the middle of his circumstance that God was going to figure it all out. That's kind of the faith that he had. There was a solution that God was up to something to rescue him. He continues to say in verse number 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me, oh, there was some bad stuff that happened to me. In fact, they're probably going to kill me tomorrow and I'm still attached to this stinky jailer. But what's happened, and this blows my mind, what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. In the middle of all of that, he refused to ask why. He went through it, and he's not asking why. He said, man, I'm just going to tell you, this is what I know, that all the junk that I went is to advance the gospel. That's where he's at. What an attitude, what a mindset, what joy. Truthfully, as, as a pastor, I get asked the question, Pastor Brad, why does da da da? Why does da da da? And I wish I knew the answers to every why 
that is asked of me. And I'll be honest, I, I've got my own set of questions. Why does, did, did, I got my own set. I've just chosen to table them until I get to heaven. Because listen, you're not going to get all the answers to life's questions here on earth. I'm just telling you. So let me make it real spiritual here. I've got some really deep, deep, deep questions. I hope there's a Q&A in heaven when I get there. If there is, this is what I'm going to start with. I want to walk straight up to my buddy Adam. Now, this is going to sound slightly creepy, so forgive me. I don't mean it to be creepy. I hope Adam doesn't take it that way one day. But I just want to walk up to Adam, and I just kind of want to raise his shirt up a little. I want to know if Adam has a belly button, right? This is the, I want to know this stuff. Y'all don't, y'all don't judge me. I told you it was going to sound weird, but don't let it sound weird. I just, this is the random stuff that goes through my mind. I got questions, people. And then, really, the more pressing question, especially at my house this day and age, I want to walk up to Noah. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> I love you, Noah. And Noah, hey, buddy, how are you? It's good to see you. Hey, let's get right down to it, Noah. Um, when you were escorting these wonderful animals two by two onto that there ark, <laughs> like, why didn't you take care of those mosquitoes when you could have just gotten rid of them? Like, you didn't really even need a good excuse, Noah. I mean, you could have just been worshiping. Oh, praise the Lord. I just got both of them right there. Like, this is, this is the stuff. See, those were the jokes. Thank you for laughing. This. And I know that I'm making light of this and I'm being silly, but you've got to hear me today. If you're not careful, you will get stuck and you can die in your wise. And you can be 15, 20 years down the road, not finding the answers that you've been looking for, spinning your wheels, wondering why you haven't fulfilled the purpose that God has for your life. And it's because you're stuck in your wise. The second thing that I think Paul would tell us, stop asking why and start asking what. Start asking what, 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 Lord, are you trying to do in this moment? What is your purpose through this? What are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to teach me in this moment? And this question, I got to be honest, this is hard. This is a hard question to ask. But I'm telling you, if you will learn to ask this question, this is where you tap into the joy vein. Because you will start to understand that even in your pain and even in your problems, the one that we worship today is still up to something bigger than you can begin to explain. Begin to understand that he's still working everything together for your good. He's working Something together for your good that's just different than your plans. In fact, you want to know what God was up to with the Apostle Paul? He ends up writing the book that we're, we're preaching out of for the next four weeks, Philippians, because he wasn't preaching. Like this is what we imagine of Paul, isn't it? Paul ends up writing a bunch of the Bible because his plans didn't work out the way that he thought they should work out. 
Does that blow your mind? Like we have a lot of the Bible. God used him to write a lot of the Bible because his plans didn't work out the way that he thought they would work out. But here's what he did. Here's what he did. And I want you to understand this. In the middle of your trial, in the middle of your circumstance, Paul discovered new opportunities in every trial. And so that's what I want you to look for. I, I somehow, I don't know how, I can't, I can't tell you it's going to be easy, but if you can tap into that, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What, what, am I, what do I need to do? What's your purpose in all of this? Let me say it this way. Every one of your bad days is a new opportunity. Every one of your bad days is a new opportunity for you to grab a hold of them. And when you discover what these opportunities are, I'm telling you, God can use the way that your life is messed up, the way that you think it's not going according to your plan. Guess what? It might be going according to his plan. And can I tell you, his plan is always greater than your plan. Every one of your bad days is a new opportunity. Grab a hold of it. Figure out what that opportunity is and run with it. Band, if you'll help me, we got to wrap this up. The third thing that I think he would share with us. Listen, if you want to have joy, if you want to have real joy, not just happiness, I'm talking about joy. He would look Christian Life Church right in the eyes and he would say, hey, you got to refocus your life on what really matters most. I don't know about you, but I get real busy doing stuff that doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I've had days where I'm like, what have I accomplished? Oh, I did a bunch of tasks. I checked some boxes. I like to check off boxes. It makes me happy. But what have I really done? Because I've taken care of the stuff that doesn't really matter. What really matters in life? And we got to refocus our attention a heart, if you want to have joy. Joy is not found in extra hours at the office. It's not found trying to climb the corporate ladder. Listen, all those are great, and I want you to pursue success. But you know what people, if you spent time with people that are on their deathbed, you know what they would tell you? Hey, what really matters most is the, the people around me your family, your husband, your wife, your kids, the people that mean the most to you. Can I tell you, refocus your life on the things that matter most. Dads, can I preach to you for a second? When you come home, put your phone down. I'm preaching to myself too. Focus on your family. You've given a lot of attention to work and trying to provide for them, but come on, let's be dads to our kids. Let's be husbands to our wives. Let's be present for our families. Refocus on what matters most because if you're anything like me, here's what we do. We make a meal on the side dishes of life. We're real good at filling up on the things that don't really matter. And I'm trying to tell you, if you want the joy that we're preaching about today, Paul would tell us, you got to refocus your life on the things that matter most. 
And for some of you, if your life has become monotonous and boring, not sure what your purpose is, wondering why you can't find freedom, why you're not making a difference in life, maybe you need to refocus your life on Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, listen, that through the hustle and bustle of your schedule and your family, that that he's kind of been put on the back burner, that if I have time, you know, I'll work on that relationship. Listen, if you want joy, you got to get close to him. It's not going to be found in your office. It's going to be found on your knees in relationship with Jesus. You can have joy because joy is a choice. Would you stand with me? In 1871, Horatio Spafford, a very successful and wealthy attorney in the Chicago area, lost his little baby boy to an unexpected death and I've never been through through that situation in my life, but in my mind, I I can't think of anything much worse than a parent having to bury their own child. And you add to that the 1871 Chicago fire that devastated the city and the economy at that time. And two years later, Horatio had a friend that was a preacher, and he came up to him and he said, man, I know you're still hurting. I know you just... Maybe you need to refocus your life. Maybe this is the moment where you just kind of need to to refocus your attention on the things that really matter. He said, listen, I'm going to England to preach. Why don't you come with me for a time of rest? So he said, you know what? That would be great. I would love to do that. And so he he got a hold of his wife and his four daughters and said, hey, we're going to take the whole family. We're going to go to England and we're just going to, we're going to rest. We're going to refocus. We're going to get things right. And as they were about to leave to board the ship, a business thing came up. And Horatio said, listen, honey, girls, y'all go on. I'll be there in a day. I got to wrap this up, and then I'll be there. And we're going to have a really, really good time. So just go on without me, and I'll meet you shortly. And wouldn't you know it, that the ship that his wife and girls were on was struck by another vessel. And on November 22nd, 1873, 226 people died in that tragic accident including all four of Horatio's daughters. His wife somehow managed to escape and she would send a telegram back to the States that simply said two words, saved alone. And so Horatio gets on the next boat to travel to be with his grieving wife and the captain tells him, sir, we, we will be passing over the very spot where your daughters lay entombed in the bottom of the ocean. And it would be an honor of mine if I could stop the boat and give you an opportunity to pay your respects if you would so wish to do so. And Horatio agreed, would, I would love, please, thank you for the opportunity to do that. And so when they got to the spot in the Atlantic Ocean, the boat stopped. Horatio comes to the bow of the boat, looks into the blue waters where his daughters lie. And he pins the words to this song.
Come on, sing along. says, I'm making a choice that though everything around me is tearing apart and falling apart right now, I know that there's something to be found on the inside. And so now, today, over 150 years later, millions of people all across the world find comfort as they sing, it is well with My soul, listen, listen to me today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what circumstances you find yourself in, but hear me today. There is a choice to be made. There is a joy choice. And I'm asking you today as we start this series to choose joy in the middle of your circumstances, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of life's heartache. Choose joy. Would you slip your hands heavenward? Lord, I love you today. God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that your joy is in this place right now. God, I believe in this moment that you're filling up some hearts with joy, that happiness is being exchanged for joy. We're not, we're not based upon the circumstances that come against us. No, 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 no. There's something on the inside of us that knows that with you, Lord, if, if you're with me, I don't know how, I don't know when, but if you're with me, we can make it through and I can have joy on my worst day. I can have joy on my best day. But either way, today, I choose joy. For it is well, it is well with my soul. And so I ask you to bless this congregation today, Lord. I pray that you would be with us, that today when we walk out of this door, that though it's raining outside, I pray that you would let us skip to the car with smiles on our face as our cell phones get ruined and our shoes get messed up because it's wet. But we have chosen joy bless us today and bring us back Wednesday in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you Wednesday night for part two of Domino Effect. Be safe.